We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, and happy Leap Day. It is February 29th. It's the first Leap Day podcast show in the history of Pack-A-Day podcast. I am Jason Perrone, along with Mark Eckel. Mark, happy Leap Day. Yeah, how about that, the first Leap Day, huh? And first, yeah. Well, yeah. another one for another for a pretty long time, so. Yeah, and I think you and I got to do the 500th show. I mean, we're getting all the, we're getting all the, the you, know, uh, you know, they, and don't think that's not planned. Right. They, you know, they they know who the, who the top guys on packet they are. <laughs> we'll take it for today, February 29th. I'm not going to get to say that very often. So, uh, there's been you know, whose birthday is today? Who uh, actual? You know what? I know a couple people whose actual birthday is today. I don't. I don't know anybody. That would be cool, though. I think. Yeah. I guess you'd celebrate it March 1st or 20 or 28th if you know normally. I, I, I'm kind of selfish and impatient, so I would pick the 28th. Okay. <laughs> and if I mean, if you're if you're born on February 29th, you want to celebrate it in the month. You got to do the 28th. Yeah, good point. That's a good point. That, so, that, I, I think it, 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 I think it would be pretty cool if your birthday was today. Yeah. It is. Uh, it would be. That's incredible timing. Yeah. Thanks. You know, those parents might want to buy lotto tickets as well. There you go. So. Uh, there's been a lot of – we're obviously in the throes of the NFL Combine right now, but we're going to talk about a couple of other things that uh, – because fortunately we've got some Packers news and 
rumors that we can talk about. So we'll we'll get into some combine stuff a little bit later. But to kick things off, we'll start with some of these free agency rumors because free agency is right around the corner. We're only a couple weeks away from the uh, legal tampering period. What's what's your take on that legal tampering period and 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 why do they do that? Well, because they did it illegally for ever, and they probably still do, I'm sure. But so now they just made it. They they give you a couple days to legally tamper, which makes no sense. Tampering is illegal, so there's no leak. I don't like. I don't know. <laughs> the NFL. I love the NFL, but they do things sometimes that just make me scratch my head and say, "What are they? What are they thinking about? You know what? You know, I, like I, for I, like yeah. for example, for example, uh, lining up a bunch of uh, football college football prospects in their underwear and um, taking measurements. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's, and people watch it. I mean, yeah. you know, that's even, I mean, the NFL knows what they're doing in terms of that, in terms of getting – I mean, they could sell anything to anybody these days. But um, the legal – I mean, I would start everything sooner. I, we, we've had this discussion before, but I would, I would have – I would. The NBA doesn't do many things better than the NFL, but they run their offseason better. They have the draft right away, you know, and then they, and then free agency starts, and they get things done. And it just, you know, the NFL just want to. I guess they just want to stretch it out to get more attention, and it, and it works. So it keeps them in the news when they really shouldn't be in the news, you know. Right. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, for instance, you got the NBA and NHL winding down their, their regular season. So playoff things are on the line, seedings, all that kind of stuff, right? you got baseball and spring training. So the season's about to start. Everybody's got high expectations for their own teams, blah, blah, blah. Yet the combine, like you said, guys running around in their underwear, probably gets more attention and more higher ratings than the other three things that I just said that are much more important in the grand scheme of things. Right. It's crazy, right? The NFL is just... It dominates everything. Well, there's demand for it if they're putting it on prime time. Absolutely, there's demand. I'm, that's what I'm saying. People, people are watching the combine over an NHL, you know, an important NHL game or NBA game, or, or well, spring training's not important, but it's still, it's you're leading up to your to, to the start of your season. You know, I mean, it's crazy. It, it, the NFL just di- and that where I'm from in Philly, it really, I mean, the Sixers and Flyers and Phillies could all be doing whatever they wanted. Eagles sign a backup guard, and it was—it's the top story of the day. It doesn't matter, <laughs> right? Well, and again, I mean, they know—they—they they know where the demand lies, and mm-hmm. and you know, the NHL. I—I've I, gotten into hockey more in the last three or four years because I spent some time in Minnesota, but mm-hmm. that—I mean—that playoff bracket is just the longest thing on earth. That's why people are probably like, I can afford to you know, skip a, a weekend of NHL hockey because there's going to be so much more of it. It's going to go on through the end sure. of June. So, But if your team's fighting for that last spot, it's kind of important. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Like the, like the hurricane are here. Yeah. But again, nobody... Yeah, it's, anyway, let's, let's get into the Packers stuff. All right, let's get into some Packers stuff. So starting off earlier this week, it was reported or leaked as we may say, that the Packers have interest in Atlanta Falcons free agent tight end Austin Hooper, and they're going to try to make a run to sign the uh, for, to sign the free agent that the Falcons are not going to bring back. It's an interesting situation because Hooper is only 26 years old, 
And last year, in only 13 games, he had 75 catches for 787 yards and six touchdowns, and that was also on a Falcons team that wasn't very good. So you've got that, and then you've also got Hooper's connection to Matt LaFleur when LaFleur was there in Atlanta as quarterback's coach under Kyle Shanahan the year that the Falcons went to the Super Bowl. So with all that put together... Mark, and we kind of talked about the new nature of the offseason in the NFL and how rumors get put out there. This is Hooper was a name that's been connected to the Packers for long since longer before these these rumors came out. Uh, but this this just would seem to make sense. Jimmy Graham is, is obviously not going to be back. He's also set to make way too much money this year, and they can save a lot of cap space by letting him go. But you bring in a tight end in a, in a season where the tight end draft class is not very strong, and then obviously that takes that away from a focus or a need that you, you have to focus on in the draft, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you, you, if you sign Austin Hooper, tight end set, you got Hooper, Sternberger has a pretty good one-two. And I think you'd see a lot of, if they were to get Hooper, and it's going to cost them some money to get it. Like, signing a guy like Hooper is going to limit anything else that you do in free agency now because he's going to get – He's going to get a ten million at least yep. ten million a year deal. He, he's not going to be a bargain guy. He's going to be a top of the line guy. So um, if you get Hooper, you're not getting you know Greg Littleton to play linebacker for you. You're not getting you know another big name, which is fine if that's where you think you know. And like you said, it is a weak tight end draft, um, and tight ends take time anyways. And, and you have your young tight. I mean, well. Like you said, Hooper, he, he's not even – you said he won't be 26 till the season starts, October. So, I mean, he's young. He's, yeah. He's not much older than guys coming out of college these days. So, um, you know, you put him and Sternberger to, together, that's two, you know, hopefully two good young tight ends. You know, we, you and I, I think we, we both agree that we, we like Sternberger. Um, so, if they were to get a hoop, get Austin Hooper, I think you'd see them in a lot of two tight end sets – um, which would also alleviate the need at wide receiver as much as it is right now. Because if you have, you know, I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong, I think they will still draft a wide receiver in the first two rounds. But then that might be all you have to do. Because if you have Adams and the two tight ends and then the guy you draft and a Lazard, that might be pretty good. That might that might be a good good arsenal of weapons there, you know. Right. No. And, and so got the two running backs that are pretty good too, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. So I mean, if, you know, there's only one one football. Yeah. Well, I agree with bringing a veteran, bringing a guy that knows how to work an NFL offense, and and because Sternberger was injured last season, so that took away a lot of what he he would have done in his first year. But it's obvious that tight end is a position where kids that are transitioning from college, because a lot of these guys are, are pass catchers, they're not asked to block. And you have to block a little, at least a little bit when you're in the NFL. And that transition is just difficult. So if you bring a veteran in, obviously I think they, they've got a little bit of a jump start on learning your offense. And then, like I said, with the connection to LaFleur, and you know, does that also give Hooper a chance to, to potentially to be a little bit uh, quicker in picking up the offense and jumping right in? But I, you made a good point, too, about the money. I think the $10 million mark is about the sweet spot because the reality is at his age – there's going to be more than one team going after him. So, you know, whereas he might only, you know, his numbers might only garner 
you know, eight. I mean, it's the price is going to get driven up by the demand. You know, the Bears are supposedly to have interest in Hooper as well. And as it currently sits, they the Packers and Bears have about the same. The Bears have a little bit less cap space than Green Bay does, but that can change quickly if they make a few moves. So yeah, I mean, the, the money's the money's a factor. The Packers cap's going to increase by eight million when they let Jimmy Graham go. Yep. And if they trade Lane Trader, cut Lane Taylor, it's going to increase almost another five million there. So the Packer cap number, what it stands now, is not what it really is. Right. Right. Uh, and I had a. And if you're Austin Hooper. All right, you played your entire career with Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. I, I got it. I'm not. He's, I'm not the biggest Matt Ryan fan because I think he chokes in every big game he's ever played in. But, um, but he's a good quarterback. Puts up numbers. Do you want to? Wouldn't you want to keep playing with that kind of quarterback instead of Mitch Trubisky? Yeah. I mean, if if, if the money's about the same, do you want to play with Aaron Rodgers or do you want to play with Mitch Trubisky if if you're a pass receiving tight end? Right. No, no. I mean, it makes to me it's pretty simple. But well, you're asking a Packers fan, and I'm I'm trying not to laugh. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, <laughs> if, if there are two teams that are going after him, I, I think he winds up in Green Bay. Yep. Yeah, Unless I would hope. I would hope. If there's double the money, then that's then God bless them and let him go. I mean, but if the money's similar, you know, and the way it's structured is similar, I think he went. I know. I'm. I'm I, again. It's a rumor. It's not a, a news and. Um, you and I, be, before we um, started talking about how do those rumors get out there, would it, I don't think the Green Bay Packers put it out there that they want it. You know, that doesn't help them if they're leaking that, that they're after them. But the agent, it does help the player to have his name being linked to two or three different teams because then it might get two or three more teams in, involved as well. But um, I think there might be something to this one. I, I think there's at least a... 50 to 60 percent chance that Austin Hooper is a Packer by March, whatever March 18th, March 19th, whatever it starts. Yeah, I think there's a long, there's a strong possibility there too. That it's it's the line just seems to connect stronger there. And I love I love the move. I think it'd be a good move for them, and, and it's smart. Takes again, it takes a position of need off the off the radar for. And again, this is not a good tight end group in this particular draft. I mean, we say that obviously we're projecting. By, by saying that, whenever I hear it's a great quarterback class, it's a, this is supposed to be a great wide receiver class. Well, you don't know how they're actually going to pan out. They're right actually going to pan out because we were talking also about, about plenty of guys who you know ran numbers. In fact, uh, Jamon Moore had the best three cone of anybody. What two, three years ago, got drafted by the Packers, and now he's not even in the league. Right, because and and you know why? Because he can't play football. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they don't they don't do the three cone on it during the football game. Right. They play football. So watch. We'll get in the combine. I'll, I'll rip the combine for you a little bit later. But here's the thing about Hooper. Like I said, he, he won't be 26 until October. Sternberger, like you said, was a rookie last year, right? Yep. Already. Hold on a second. I have it here. He's 24. He'll, I'm sorry. He'll, yeah, he'll, he'll be 24 before the season starts. He turns 24 in June. Yep. Hooper's only like a year older than him. Or a year, year, year and a couple months older than him. Mm-hmm. Hooper's got my, my, the point I'm making is Hooper. He's, I mean, he would be a, like this isn't signing Jimmy Graham at the end of his career. This isn't signing Martellus Bennett at the end of his career. This is signing a guy who's just who's approaching his best years. Right. The only the only downside, and I'll say this, I'll see if you agree. The only down, I mean, is tight end their biggest 
Because I'm saying, if they sign Hooper, they're not signing, I don't think, any other name free agent. They, you know, they, they might get a, you know, a lower-level kind of guy, maybe for the defensive line or something. But you're not going to get any of those linebackers, I don't think, if, if you sign Hooper. Right. So what's more important? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. Well, and it, with some of the visits that they've had so far, they haven't been with tight ends. It's been linebackers, wide, rec- wide receivers, offensive line, uh, defensive line. I haven't heard anything about tight end. I mean, I'm sure they're looking that's, at it. That's why they're signing over. I'm, I, I'm not saying what they're going to. I'm saying, do you think – I mean, it's obvious that, that they're going to go if – they, if they don't get Hooper, they're probably going to look at either um, Hunter Henry – was kind of an injury concern, uh, or hate, or, or and there's also talk, rumors of talking with Baltimore might might be looking to trade Hayden Hurst. Yep. And Packers and Ravens have a connection um, with Hendrickson working for the Packers now, who who was in Baltimore for a long time. Um, I mean, they're yeah they're they're gonna they're not gonna draft a tight end. They're they're gonna they're gonna sign a tight end now. My my question to you is: Would you rather have Hooper, who's by far the best one available, and maybe that's it, or get a lesser veteran tight end and still have enough money left to maybe get a better to get a linebacker or, or a defensive line? Well, get the value. I mean, I'm always going to say get the value if you can. Hunter Henry was, uh, sounds like the Chargers are either they're working on a long term deal with him. I mean, I don't I don't see them being foolish enough to to tag him um but they're they're supposedly working on a deal and they they want him back that was what was reported it's another another one of those rumors i don't know how it's hurt too much for me yeah i mean hunter henry is that's that's the other thing too is that uh you know there's the there's the one side that says you know well there's no such thing as injury prone because year to year and then there's the other side who says, well, there is because they keep getting hurt. I mean, look what we went through with Nick Perry. So, yeah, guys, some guys just, I mean, call it what you want. I mean, injury prone is a term that people use, but bad luck. I don't know what it is, but some guys just, Buddy Ryan had a great line. And, I, and again, I quote Buddy a lot because that's who I came up covering 100 years ago. But <laughs> he, he cut a guy once who was, wasn't a bad player, a guy named, an offensive lineman named Ken Reeves. Mm-hmm. But he got hurt a lot. And, and Buddy cut him, and we asked about it. And Buddy, Buddy gave an analogy of if your cow has a calf and the calf dies, you say, oh, that's a shame. It's terrible. If the cow has another calf, and that calf dies, you shoot the cow. Yeah. I mean, that cow just has bad calves. So, I mean, you know, if, if a guy was always, you know, guy gets hurt once, you say, ah, oh, okay, he's, he got hurt. It happens. You know, but if a guy keeps getting hurt, you get rid of them. Yeah, yeah. That 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 sounds like something Buddy would say. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, so again, I mean, I'm going to trust the Packers front office because they made some. You know, last year they they made some very good moves in free agency. So if they if they're looking at it as we we're, we're going to put all our cap space into Austin Hooper and he's our guy, then. So be it. And like I said, it, it, getting a guy like him would alleviate, obviously, the, the, the need of tight end, but it would also take a lot of pressure off the wide receivers. Right. Because he's, yeah. he's basically a glory. He's basically a big wide receiver. Yep. 
You know, if he's catching how many how many balls did you, did you say he, he caught last year? Seventy five. Seventy five. Well, look look how involved as a guy that had no athletic ability anymore, Jimmy Graham was. And if you throw an Austin Hooper in there, I'd have to imagine he's going to get the football. Right. That's what I'm saying. So between him and Adams, that's a lot of catches right right there. And Sternberger's going to – I mean, he didn't catch anything until the end of the season, but he's going to he's gonna catch a few balls next year. They're not going to hide him in the offense anymore. So that's why your, your number two wide receiver doesn't necessarily have to be a – it could be a good, solid player. Maybe it's just a guy that can – Go go deep and stretch the defense a little bit. Right. You, and there's plenty of them in this draft. There's a lot. I was just looking at the list. There's a ton. There's a ton of them. The Packers are going to have a good opportunity. In fact, I think they might even be as much as everybody loves to. We do this every year. The Packers pick at X spot, and everybody's like, what are they going to do at? What are they going to do? And I'm like, they may not even be at that spot. Right. You know, like this is a good this is a, this is a good year to move back and get some additional picks and, and make some moves. Or move up and get Murray. A linebacker from Oklahoma, who I think would be a perfect fit in that defense. But I, I liked his story. While while we're on that topic, let's just let's just talk about that real quick because I, I really liked his story. I, I like these things, you know, because for me, one thing I'm always looking for, whether it matters to you or not, or to anybody else or not, is the maturity because I think it matters. You know, oh, they, yeah. and when I look at a guy like Murray, what's his story? This guy grew up um, with parents who were successful professionals, and they. Um, they adopted kids that had special needs, and he was a big part of of helping them grow up. That's that builds character. I mean, that to me is a, is a is a guy that's probably got some good perspective on life, right? Absolutely, and he's a great player. <laughs> right, he's a very good football player. I mean, he's. I always have a short list of guys that I like at you know in any position at, at overall, and I kind of have my my big board of guys that I hope that they draft and. Murray is has has been at the top of it. You know, he may he may be my number one guy. I kind of flip flop between him and Patrick Queen at linebacker. Oh, um, I, don't, I think it's not even close. But Murray's, uh, you know, Murray can play some football. He can he can get sideline to sideline, and and he definitely upgrades and fixes a lot of what wasn't there last year if, if they can pull that off. But I think his stock is going to rise because he's. That's why he's not going to be there. There are people that tell me that I see these, and I I try not to look at any mock drafts this time of year because they're 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 it's stupid. Um, but people that think he's going to be there at thirty have no idea. There's no way he's there. there's just twenty. <laughs> no, there's no way that many teams make that mistake and let him fall to thirty. There's just it's, that would be. I'm mean, listen. I would I would be ecstatic, <laughs> but I I don't I just don't think that can happen. Right. I'm not uh, saying they, they, he won't fall into the 20-ish range, and then you can make him move up and get him. But I think that's too low. I think, again, uh, and you said you, you have him right up there. I think he's a top 15 pick. I really do. I think he's one of the 15 best players in the country. Yeah, that's that that's going to be tough for Green Bay to pull off. Not that they can't, but it's, it's going to be tough. Right. Uh, he put up 21 reps on the bench. Right. Uh, which I know matters Good. a lot to you. <laughs> no, it means nothing. I'm gonna. All right, can we? All right, are, is it time to rip the combine? Well, why don't we do that, and then we'll we'll talk about because uh, there was also um, some Aaron Jones uh, oh, yeah. that stuff that came out. But yeah, let's. So we're in the middle of the combine right now. You've uh, you've been there, right? A couple times. You've been there a couple times. So um, I know that you have your your thoughts and feelings on it. So take it away. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's it's it's. Um, totally worthless. But the only the important things 
or the things that you don't watch on on TV. It's it's the player it's the player meeting with teams and they, they interview them. Um, like you as, as you said, they they get to know what kind of character he is. Um, is this guy going to be a good fit in our city? Because every you know it's different. Playing in New York is different than playing in Green Bay. And playing in Detroit is different than playing in San Francisco. I mean, each city has their own nuances and whatever. You know, so you, you want to make sure a guy's a good fit. Um, for for you, and that's what those interviews are all about. Um, I think it may help um, a smaller school, unknown guy, uh, make a name for himself, maybe. But the rest of it, it's just total bull. It really is. I mean, again, like, I'm going to give you two, one example. From 1995, okay, I'm going way back here, but to me it's the ultimate example of, of, the, of the one team and the combine. Philadelphia Eagles, and again, I bring up Eagles because I covered them for 30-something years. Their draft that year, first round, they trade up and take the ultimate combine hero, Mike Mamula. Now, prior to the combine, Mike Mamula had a, he had a good year at Boston College. He did. He was a good football player. And he was supposed to go probably late first round, maybe early second round. Okay? But he goes to the combine and just at that time, put on the most impressive combine per- performance ever. So what happens? Oh, my God, this guy's so great. So the Eagles take him with the ninth overall pick, ahead of people like Warren Sapp. Okay? Yep. Mike Mamola got tortured in Philadelphia by un- by, pe- by people that weren't real knowledgeable, but um, be- and because he was taken with the ninth overall pick. Had he gone where he was supposed to go, which was bottom of the first or early second, he would have been a. That's what he was. That's what he played like a good second round pick. Yep. He had a career. Not a, he didn't have a great top ten pick in the draft career. He had a solid career. But the combine made him look like something he wasn't. In that same draft, in the second round, the Eagles took a cornerback from Notre Dame named Bobby Taylor. Mm. The combine. Yeah. End of the regular season, Bobby Taylor was considered the best cornerback in the draft. Yeah, he was. Good. He slipped into the second round because other guys had a better combine than Bobby. So he was the fifth cornerback taken that, that year. Fifth. Well, guess what? When it was all said and done, he was the best cornerback in that draft. Mm-hmm. Was, oh, there was one other guy. I forget who it was now that New England took. That was, you could argue. They were, they were Ty both Law. Good. Was it Ty, Ty Law? Law. I Law, that's who it was. Yep. Yeah, Ty Law yeah. was pretty good, too. But he was the fourth one taken. He went bottom of the first round. Bobby went middle to second. So, there, I mean, to me, that tells you all you need to know. When the season ended, when the bowl games were over, and even the, you know, throw the all-star games in there, the, 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 the you know, the Shrine game and all that, um, the better foot, Mamula was a second, was a late first, early second. And that's what he played like. Bobby Taylor was the best corner, and that's what he became. Forget what they ran in a, in a in a in a straight line forty, or what they did, how many how many bench presses they they did, or or all that stuff. I mean that, you know. And Bobby and I talked about that. I got to be friends with Bobby Taylor through the years, and we would often talk. And he, it, yes, he don't think he wasn't aware of where he went in the draft and what and and he knew he knew that when the season ended, he was supposed to go first round and he should have been a top twenty five pick or whatever, and instead he felt that cost, guess what that cost Bobby a lot of signing bonus money. Mm-hmm. Back then, this was the old draft where the first-round picks got tons of money. It wasn't the rookie pool then and rookie slotting and all that. No, so right. 
that cost him a lot of upfront money going from, you know, wherever he would have gone in the first to middle of the second. So, you know, that bothered him for a long time. And, and, you know, he wanted to prove that he was the best corner in that draft. And so it did help him in the long run as a player, but it hurt him in, in his, you know, bank account. Um, and Mamola, again, like, and I like Mike too. Mike and I became friendly through the years. And, you know, he knew what he did. You know, he, he knew that he, you know, he did prep for the combine, for the combine and put on a show. And it worked. It, it got him a lot of money, you know. Um, and he played again. He wasn't a bad player. I'm not by any means saying he was a bad player, but he wasn't a top 10 in the draft player. Right. Well, and here's the thing. And you've been around it and you saw it up, up close. As much as teams trust their GMs and they pay the GMs, they're as susceptible to changing their opinions based on the combine stuff as we fans are. And they, they make, they're the ones that actually make the decisions. They're the ones that go along with the narrative and say, oh, I don't like the way that this interview went or this guy performed in well, this drill. And, and, and it does. It impacts. I mean, teams, that's how, that's partially how Aaron Rodgers ended up in Green Bay, right? I get, yeah. Narrative-based um, narrative based decision-making. Yeah, you know, you're right. And But the, I, there were like two or two, well, maybe three, three definite guys that I talked to a lot when I was covering the Eagles on every day, covering the draft like I used to and stuff. And the one guy would like he, they would help me with draft stuff. They would tell me their opinions on all the players. And I'm going to try to get one of them to do it. Um, I'm not going to try. I think he is going to do it for me, and I'll be writing it for a Packer re- report next month. But um, you know, and he would always tell me. He would say to me, "Hey, you know, let, let let's do this now." And I'd say, "Well, the combine isn't yet." He goes, "Who cares? I'm not that, that nothing." He said, "Nothing that happens at the combine is going to change my mind on who the best wide receiver is or who." Are, who the best tackle is or who the best, you know, or who isn't good. I'm like, great. So I would get his, you know, early. And he said, and, and again, he would say to me, like, the only thing, I'll call you back after the combine, he said. And if if, if, if a kid comes across as a as a, a bad character guy, I'll, I'll add that to you and say, listen, I still think he's a great player, but he might fall a little bit because he's kind of a dope or something. You no. Know? Um, but for the most part, watch him play football. They play 11 games a year, whatever, you know, depending on if they go to playoffs now, bowl games, whatever. You know, watch them play football. That's what they're going to do in the NFL. They're mm-hmm. going to play football. They're not going to run, you know, straight line 40-yard dashes. They're not going to – the best was, remember, um, I think it was Terrell Suggs, right? He, Arizona State. Uh, right. Yep. He had a terrible 40 time. Mm-hmm. And he dropped a little bit – and I remember the, the great quote from uh, Brian Billick, who was the Ravens coach when they drafted him. They said, oh, Brian, are, are, you, are you concerned about his time in the 40? And Billick said, well, when a quarterback starts lining up 40 yards behind center, yeah, then I'll worry about it. <laughs> right. Because I'm saying, who cares? He, 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 he's not running 40 yards. He has to get from the line of the scrimmage to the quarterback, which he did an awful lot as a, as a pass rusher for the Ravens, right? So, I mean – it, the things they worry about and the things they look at doesn't always translate to good football. Got himself another Super Bowl ring with the Chiefs, and I'm as an Arizona State alum, I can't hate that. I, I'm I was fine with it. He was a great player in Arizona State, right? If you saw him out he there, he was. Yeah, he was fantastic. He was, yeah. and that's the thing. So you know, the give me production. Give me. I don't care about all this. Give me. I've always said, said this too about passing. If a guy only has four or five sacks in college. He's not going to get 10 or 12 in the pros. Right. 
It's just not going to happen. Yeah, no, and there's a reason why. When you think about the the Raiders and all the players they missed out over the years, because Al Davis used to park his, uh, himself right in the front row of the 40-yard dash, and he just wanted speed, speed, speed. Well, that doesn't that doesn't translate when you put the pads on. And, and yes, there's play. speed and there's football speed. Right. Very different. Very different. Mike Clemens, a serious uh, radio made a good point and he said he was watching years ago he was watching a uh, game film and, and Ryan Grant when Ryan Grant was the running back for the Packers um, you know he kind of wondered what would, what's his 40 time now what would he run now and he broke away on a run and he got you know got into the open field and he, he ran away with it and Mike Clemens just kind of rewound the tape and kind of timed it himself and said okay that's one way because I guess they have them run in camp but they don't release the times that, that they run the players run each year so Jordy Nelson comes out of the, out of college, you know he's a track star. We know his forty time at the combine, but what about three or four or five years into his career? We don't know. They don't release that that information. So game speed is important. What happens over the career, and what happens when you put the pads on, and you and you've got a guy chasing you? I mean, straight line speed is great, but those are the exception, not the norm. Usually, you got to juke a guy, you got to make a cut, you know. And you're doing it with pads on. With pads on. And again, some guys don't react, don't run as fast. With, it just yeah, it's just again it's, that that's why it's important to know what's between their ears because that's how fa- the maturity the maturity is going to at least give you an idea of how quickly they can process information because it happens fast when you're on the field, right? Yes, yeah. It's, it's a, Mike Quick, another former NFL star, he's an Eagles play by or um, color analyst now on the radio, and great player in his day. His numbers weren't great, but he'd always say. Yeah, I don't have, you know, my, my 40 time wasn't the best. It was okay. He said, but he, he his quote was always, if we're even, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if, <laughs> if, I, if you're on, I'm going to beat you. I'm, I'm going to, I know how to accelerate that last 20 yards and, and get to the end zone without you, without you catching it. And he was, and that's what he did. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's just, I don't get it. I, and I, again, I'm not a general manager. I was a, I'm, I'm a writer, but I've been around long enough to, to figure it out that like, and I think more and more teams are. Too. I mean, if you notice, a lot of teams didn't send as many people to the combine as they they used to. Right. Well, the combines turned into this. I mean, the NFL turns everything into a spectacle. Right. Because because of fans who watch it and think that now they know everything. When I covered the combine, I'm going back now. When I covered it, we we weren't even allowed to watch it. We had to just wait in the lobbies other hotels for the players and the coaches and stuff to, to come back and and ask what happened. Oh, God. How lame. You know? Boring, I guess. It's more private. like it. That's how private it was then. Yeah. Yeah, and now it's all out there. Well, it's, again, the NFL, because the NFL wants to draw interest and they want to start, you know, eventually it's going to become and a pay-per-view works. thing. You're going to have to, we're going to have to pay to watch it. Well, no, you're gonna have to pay to watch. It. No, <laughs> I'm not gonna pay to. I'm, I don't watch it for free. Well, no, I don't. I don't either. I don't. Well, I don't get that channel. What's so, it on? I, it haven't, on I haven't watched. I haven't watched any of it. I just. I just kind of watch it after the fact because I mean it's not gonna. It's not gonna hurt anything. I mean you know with with me. I mean if I was doing a daily show, I guess it might be a, a, a difficult thing. But you know we do this once a week, and I'm, I'm kind of hoping actually um, we'll have in a couple weeks when we go again. An opportunity to talk about uh, a signing. Well, that a signing, the, a signing, or um, you know, what's the latest with the CBA? I mean, right now there's 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 so much uncertainty. I don't know if we really want to get into it too much, but uh, I, it'll get done. 
it'll it'll get done, but right now it's all speculation and there's there's a lot of we all know what all the, the talking points are and it's kinda of gotten beat into the ground and there there hasn't been any new news that came out. But one thing that did come out I want to touch on before we, we sign off is a um, couple of reliable sources in Green Bay, Rob Domowski and Tom Silverstein reported that the Packers and Aaron Jones have mutual interest in talking about getting him extended and that's an interesting one because there's been a lot of debate about do you pay a running back as good as Aaron Jones is, do you pay him or not? Just a couple numbers here, Mark, before I kick it over to you for your thoughts. So Jones, just to remind everybody, he had a, he had a really good season in terms of production. He had um, 19 touchdowns. Uh, he, le- he led the NFL with 19. He had 16 um, rushing touchdowns in the regular season. And he finished with, I think, 1,558 rushing yards or scrimmage yards, I should say. Um, so he had 23 total, if you include the playoffs. So he broke Amon Green's record set in, in 2003 when he had that amazing season. I think Amon Green almost had 2,000 rushing yards that year. Yeah. So they're, they're estimating, over the cap estimates, that Aaron Jones, based on his production, is going to be worth somewhere in the neighborhood of 11.5 to $12 million. So I'll turn it over to you. I, I mean, I like the fact that they're talking to Aaron Jones, but again, it's it's all about the numbers. I don't know what your take is on it. I didn't I didn't hear what the, I didn't hear the number. I, listen, I would love the Packers to come to terms on a long term deal with Aaron Jones because I like Aaron Jones and he's a seems like a great kid on top of being a great player. But I've I've always been of the running backs aren't you don't win with running backs. You win with quarterbacks and defense. I mean, Kansas, who was Kansas City's running back this year? Yeah. Who was New England's running backs all the every year? The Eagles won a Super Bowl a couple years ago. They had a bunch of guys in the back. They had. I don't, I don't think any of the running backs that played for the Eagles in the Super Bowl are even on the team anymore. I mean, and then look at the great running backs, right? Adrian Peterson, one of the greatest running backs of all of of our time, right? What do you win? One playoff game? Yep. Barry Sanders. Right? Great run on Barry Sanders. One one playoff game. I mean, you don't win with running backs. You just don't anymore. I mean, they're nice to have. Um, and, and and where'd the Packers get Aaron Jones? Fifth round? Yeah. Mid-round. I would like the dumbest thing that, the, that a team has done in recent years was the New York Giants taking Saquon Barkley with the second overall pick of the draft. As that was the dumbest. That was one of the dumbest draft picks in the history of, of the draft. Dave Gettleman. And people tell me, oh, but he's a great player. Yeah, he is. And he's already he's two years into his career. The Giants have won six games or seven games, whatever they they, they won those those two years. So how big deal? Now he's he's you know <laughs> you just don't take running backs that high. And I don't think you in a salary cap world. I don't know if you pay running backs. Well, think about this. And on that topic, here let me throw some names at you. And you tell me what they all have in common, okay? Todd Gurley, David Johnson, Devontae Freeman, Le'Veon Bell, and Jarek McKinnon. None of them won anything. All of those guys got big contracts, big mm. second contracts or big extensions from their team. And David Johnson's about to get traded. Devontae Freeman is, is about to, to – I, I think the, the Falcons are about to get ready to let him go. Todd Gurley is – uh, you know, his, it's a health issue with him. 
Le'Veon Bell is, a, is, is an interesting case. I mean, none of those guys well, are, are, are primed to, to lead their teams to big things, right? Throw Melvin Gordon in there, too. Melvin Gordon. Well, Melvin Gordon is another case of, as you're, if you're a running back, if there's one thing that might help the Packers, it's in, in Aaron Jones' case, is if Aaron Jones values being on a successful team where he can rack up stats and if he cares at all about his legend, which players more often than not, you know, they want to get paid. I, and I get that. And running backs especially because of the shelf life. But Melvin Gordon betting on himself and losing is the precautionary tale to running backs of don't get too high on yourself because you're a running back and there's a ton of them out there. That's my feeling. And the thing with Aaron Jones is too, like you talk about the money. He had, like Gurley made money on his first contract because he was what the, he was a top ten pick. Right? Yeah. So he yeah. So he got a little bit. You know, he got pretty good money up front. Mm-hmm. Aaron Jones hasn't made it. Hasn't really made real money yet. Yep. So he and if I'm his agent, I'm saying, hey, listen, we you know he's outperformed his his deal. Yeah, he needs to get paid. And I don't blame him. And if it's not in Green Bay, then it you know it's it's going to suck. But you got to wish him well. I mean, you have to understand because he's probably only going to this is the probably the, the last legit crack at the apple that he's going to get. Especially because don't forget his first two seasons he had some injuries. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, I mean, again, like I said, I I hate to lose him. I really do because I think he's a like I said, he seems like a great kid too. On top of being a great player, mm-hmm. and maybe they will work it out. But I I wouldn't be a, I wouldn't be there were guys that have left, and I'd be like, "Oh man, I can't believe they they, they let that guy go." I wouldn't be that way if they let it with a, with a running back because, like I said, you get you get them anywhere, you get them every you know, you just you know they're not it's not and you don't win with them. You really don't look at the Super Bowl winners the last dozen years. I mean, don't go don't take me way back because it was a different game then. Yes, the, the Baltimore Ravens won the Super Bowl with Jamal Lewis. It was all Jamal Lewis. Well, they happened. Well, yeah, but Mark, they happened to have Jamal Lewis. Their defense was otherworldly. Right. But you had to score something. Yeah, well, they, that's because Dilfer was they had Trent Dilfer quarterback. That that team, as great as that defense was, put that team in in twenty twenty. They're not winning the Super Bowl. Baltimore tried to do it this year that way, and it didn't work. Right. I mean. You don't win with. I'm just saying you. And I don't. I don't necessarily agree with what I'm saying, but it's just the facts. It's the facts are running back. Like I said, New England. New England's never had a star running back. No, I agree. I agree with you. Yeah, six and, Super Bowls without and and went to nine with that. They never had a big name running back. You know that the biggest one is probably the, the, the guy they have now, the, the kid from Georgia. But, um, I can't think of his name. They took him in the first round, New England. So, so, so Tony Michelle, Tony Michelle. Oh, okay, yeah. I was, I was thinking too. I'm, 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 but through the years, they would get just anybody, you know, third round, fifth round, whatever, off the street guys. Um, Kansas City last year, I mean, they're running, they didn't have a big name running back. They won with Mahomes. You know, you need the, the quarterback is your is how you win these days. You have to have a good quarterback. Well, and here's the thing. Not that it means necessarily anything, but the Packers are are looking at running backs. Matt LaFleur himself said at the Combine that to add a, some talent at running back to go along with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams is something they're very heavily looking at and they want. But I think that I, I think that that could also be their way of saying, hey, look, we're if we find a guy that we like and that guy comes in and, and can play, then – 
you know, we let Aaron Jones decide what he's going to do. We'll we'll set a yeah. number and let him decide if yeah. he's going to stay or go. You hit around the head, but what LaFleur said was, yeah, we want a guy to go along with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. What he meant was, right, if we Aaron find Jones a guy, the agent, we're not spending a twelve million dollars a year on a running back. We're going to have this kid who we're going to take in the third or fourth round, making nothing, and we're going to have him for four more years. Right. That's. I said this a, year, a couple years ago, or I wrote it a couple years ago. If I was a team, I would draft a running back in the third or fourth round every other year, and then just keep and then and never re, re, re-sign my guy. Right. Now you got to hit on him. You you have to get a decent one. I mean, but again, you don't you don't need a star. You need a good solid running back, and every other year. That's what I would do. So that, so then I, that 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 loop just keeps going. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I mean, one of the smartest moves the one of the smarter moves the Packers did was letting Eddie Eddie Lacy go when they did. Mm-hmm. He had some good years for them now, Eddie Lacy. Yep. But then he got he kind of ate himself out of the league a little bit. But he went to Seattle. Seattle gave him money. He was nothing. Well, if the Packers, I mean, their best their best bet if they want to keep Jones for a few more years. I mean, don't give him a seven year deal. Obviously, that's foolish. But the the smart thing to do might be to extend him and then just rework some of his current deal. He's got this year is his last year. So if yeah. you rework this and you you move the money around, however the Packers like to do it, they typically like to front load deals. You know, you throw some sure. signing you throw some signing bonus at him. You don't have to pay as much. You it keep and you keep the Jones talent, and he's and he goes for the deal. I don't I don't know. I mean that that to me seems like I love that. That's the ideal scenario. Now does Jones go for that? We don't know. And his or does Jones and his agent go for that? We don't know. But I'll give the Packers credit for the most part. And uh, I guess it's Russ Ball that does most of the money, right? Mm-hmm. I know fans get on. Oh, he's t-. they make they do more good right things than wrong. things. Oh, right? very much so. I mean, they made a couple minor mistakes here and there, but for the most part, tell me the last guy that they let go that went somewhere else and did great. Not many. Yeah, there haven't been. You know, I mean, you could pick one out, I'm sure, or someone I'm, I'm forgetting, but for the most part, when they let him go, and they do because the guy gets a ton of money somewhere else, and people are going to say Micah Hyde, right? Okay, I'll give you that one. Micah Hyde did, went on to Buffalo, but... He went on as a safety, and the Packers at the time thought they were set at safety with Morgan Burnett and HaHa Clinton Dix. They didn't know that Burnett was going to start getting hurt and get old, and that Dix wasn't as good as he looked. Right. Now the Packers. Here's the thing: if you're if you're a Packers fan and you read the and you read uh, social media, then the Packers are, are, make stupid moves all the time because Packers fans especially get way too attached to these players emotionally and then when they get let go like when they cut Jordy Nelson there was pitchforks and oh. and I mean you know but the Packers were right yes and I knew if, if you watched him play that his last year in Green Bay objectively mm-hmm. you saw it and it was sad I was I was upset watching Jordy Nelson play that last year because he wasn't Jordy Nelson anymore he just wasn't and to give him another contract or to, you know, or, or, or no, no. Actually, he was under. They they cut him, right? They they yeah, yeah. they they let him go. But I mean, it, it yeah, because it, he was making he, he wasn't worth the money he was making, and he, and he certainly wasn't worth the money. The Raiders. I mean, look who signed him. One of the dumbest organizations of all time. The reason people gave him a hall pass was because Aaron Rodgers missed most of that season with the collarbone, and they said, "Well, with Brett Hundley throwing the ball, of course nobody looks good." But they didn't. They didn't yeah. do. They didn't. The word that you used that's very important there was objectively. Right. You have to be objectively. Listen, I love Jordy Nelson. 
I want the Packers to hire him as their wide receivers coach. Which, by the way, are they ever going to do that? Are they ever going to hire a wide receivers coach? Are they just going to let him coach I himself? Have, I have no idea, but I am just seeing coming across the wire here. I don't know if you've seen Uh-oh. this yet either. But, um, we, you know, so apparently the Packers, they talked about doing joint practices and training camp, and it's going to be with the Cleveland Browns, they just announced. Well, they, that's half the guys are. Well, I guess their guys are gone now, but um, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, they're going to invite the Cleveland Browns for a joint practice. So, who's coming to Green Bay? Not the other way around. Start all of your yeah, and start all of your jokes about Miles Garrett and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> that's but, uh, a year ago, that would have made a lot. I mean, it was half. It was Cleveland had Cleveland had become like Green Bay East for a while there with John Dorsey and. Elliot Wolf and Alonzo Highsmith running their front office. Yep, and bringing in all the a lot of former Packers. But I don't know. Are any of the former Packers still there? Even uh, I don't. I don't think so. I, I, I think they're all gone. I was. I mean, it never would have happened because Jerry Jones has too big of an ego. But I would have loved to have seen Packers Cowboys. Well, it's usually a team that you play in preseason. Yeah, yeah, and then you just you practice for a couple of days, and then and then you play the game. Right. So right. Packers must know they're playing the Browns in preseason. Right. I think they're good things, by the way. Um, the Eagles, the Eagles did them on and off through the years. Like Andy Reid didn't like to do it, so they didn't do it. Um, but Ray Rhodes did it. Buddy Ryan did it. Um, Chip Kelly did it. I don't know. I don't know if Doug Peterson's doing it now or not. I think he did. I think they I think the Eagles. I want to say the Eagles and Ravens practiced last year. I'm not, I can't. Don't don't hold me to that. But. Um, it's, and it's usually what it, I know. I know in Philly, it was generally what a geographically close team as well. So you didn't have to; they didn't have to travel too far. Um, the Eagles did it. I know where they did it with the Patriots a couple times, where they went to New England one time. New England came down to Philly one time. They did it with Baltimore, which was you know it's an hour and a half away. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to think who else they they did it with. Oh, the, well, Buddy went for Buddy went down to Atlanta one time and did it with the Falcons, and all they did was fight every day. That was hilarious. Well, Buddy Ryan's teams fought with anybody, and, and and it was against Gary Glanville, so it was like I'm surprised the two of them didn't didn't get in a fight. Well, yeah, I mean Buddy Ryan's still trying to pick fights, you know, <laughs> somehow wherever he is right now, and you know, up in the <laughs> in the other world. <laughs> but no, I think that's a good, I mean, for the Packers. I think it's a good thing because it gets the guys. You get to see different things instead of beating yourselves all the time, right? So I, you know. I don't know if you've ever been to a training camp. Have you ever gone to training camp? Never been. Want to, definitely want to do it, though. It's fun. It's, you know, I, I hated it because it's the longest time of the year for as a writer. But you you never know what you're watching. Like, by saying that, I mean, all right, so I'm, I'm watching the training camp practice. So let, let's, let's use the Packers, all right? So you and I are watching the Packers at training camp next next summer. And the wide receivers look great. Oh, my God, this new wide receiver is playing great. And, and, this, and look at Lazard. He's having a monster day. But are they playing great, or do, or do the corners having a bad day? Mm-hmm. You don't know, right? I mean, I, I, that would happen all the time. Like we would say, "Hey, Eagles, you know this group of wide receivers are pretty good." No, they weren't good. The cornerbacks were bad, right? <laughs> or even like I, I'd always ask John, John Harbaugh this: If you block a punt in practice, are you happy or mad? Are you happy that your your punt block team blocked the punt, or are you mad that your punter got got his punt blocked? Right, right. I mean, what's the answer? I he used to laugh when I asked him that, but you know, I mean, it's all con- it's all context. Yeah, but I mean, you don't, you know, they know. I guess they know if the if it's the receiver playing well or the corner not playing well. But 
you, when you're going against a different team, then you are, if your receivers beat the Browns quarterbacks, then you say, okay, we're beating other teams. Maybe, you know, or if our quarters are getting beat by another team, then, oh, we need help at corner. Yep. But anyway, that's just my take on that. But right. I'm glad I, I, I like seeing teams play, play other teams for a, little, for a couple of days. Well, we'll get a chance to see it again this summer. At least we know that. So that's good news if you're into that. So, Mark, t- uh, anything coming up on Packer Report that you want to tease for the, the audience out there? Anything that you're working on that's going to go up this week? Not yet. <laughs> I need a couple I, I, ideas. If, if anybody has ideas for me, feel, feel free to tweet me. <laughs> All right. Send your ideas. Send your ideas to us and to Mark Eckel. He does great work over Packer Report. Uh, this has been a good one. We went a little bit long today, but it's good because there was good content. We actually had some stuff to talk about. So we'll, uh, we'll see you again in two weeks, Mark, I guess. All right. Sounds good, man. I'll talk to you. All right. And as usual, everybody, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Happy Leaf Day. And go Pack Go. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.